0: Hello, my name is Brooke Collins, and I'm one of the staff pastors here with UNC Chi Alpha. Um, Thank you so much for joining us here on our YouTube channel or on the podcast if you're listening there. Uh, We are so grateful that you are taking some time out of your week um, to spend it with us. Um, And we're continuing um, our series in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Uh, And as always, if you have questions about this this sermon or any of the other past messages, um, feel free to email us at uncxainfo at gmail.com, and we would be more than happy to connect you with a staff member um, so you can talk more about that. Um, So in the Sermon on the Mount, um, to recap a little bit for you, uh, Jesus is explaining to his followers what the kingdom of God looks like. He's saying that the world functions in one way, um, but I am calling you to a different way, a, one that leads to life and to flourishing for you and everyone around you. And, and much of this teaching is centered on what is going on in people's hearts, not just in their actions. And in today's passage, uh, which is Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23, he starts to wrap up this teaching um, by reiterating this point and bringing a new level of gravity with it. It says, Going through the narrow gate, the gate that leads to destruction is broad and the road wide, so many people enter through it. But the gate that leads to life is narrow and the road difficult, so few people find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds, or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every bad tree produ- or rotten tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire therefore you will know them by their fruit not everybody who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven only those who do the will of my father who is in heaven will enter on the judgment day many people will say to me lord lord didn't we prophesy in your name and expel demons in your name and do lots of miracles in your name then i will tell them i have never known you Get away from me, you people who do wrong. So to talk through this a bit, Jesus starts by telling this crowd of people that have gathered around him that following this way that he's speaking of, that he's been speaking of throughout the whole Sermon on the Mount, is not easy, but it is one that leads to life. And he continues by telling them to pay more attention to the character of those who are teaching them than to their charisma, that their character is what matters, not how big of a crowd they can draw in or, or how, fam- how well known they are, how famous they might be. And then he sums it all up with some of the most challenging words in all of scripture, in my opinion. He tells them and us you can believe all the right things. You can say to me, Lord, Lord, and you can do all the right things. You can say, didn't we do all of these things in your name, God? You can do both of those things and still not enter the kingdom. But how can that be? How can someone who knows the scriptures and has followed all of the rules not enter the kingdom of heaven? How how is that even fair? How scared should I, someone who's reading this, be right now? Um, What does this mean? Simply put, it means God wants our hearts. True faith is not an exercise of intellectual assent or obeying a bunch of rules true faith is placing our trust in what has been done for us not in what we can do for ourselves because never on our best day are we good enough we often think that if my doctrine is correct or orthodox that's what matters that if i believe all of the right things about god that gets me somewhere and we think that following the rules, and, or being a good Christian, um, is what matters. But friends, we cannot earn our way into God's kingdom. We cannot save ourselves. We can believe all of the right things, but never have those beliefs become transformative to our souls. It can never go from head to heart. Sometimes it just stays in the head. And that benefits us in no way, shape or form. And we can also do all of the right things for all of the wrong reasons. Doing the right things for the sake of following the rules and not because we've experienced a change in our hearts is absolutely the wrong way to do it or the wrong reason to do them. It's legalism and it's hollow. And in all of this, in believing all the right things, but not having them do anything to change our hearts, or doing all of the right things, but not because our hearts have been changed, but because it's just a religious performance. In all of that, we are just as far from God as when we first started. But that's not even the part of this passage that should give us the most pause. It's our capability to fool ourselves into thinking that we're any closer to God for correct doctrine or legalism. What he's saying is that there's, there's people who will say, who will think their whole lives that they've been doing Exactly what they were supposed to be doing and were absolutely a part of the kingdom. But they weren't because it was it never got to the point where it changed their souls. That they were that they were living into their actions rather than caring for their own souls. So we could spend our whole lives thinking we are on the narrow road that Jesus is speaking of and actually be on the wide road. It's kind of like, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but um, have you ever gotten a piece of fruit and it looks really good on the outside and then you take a bite and you realize that it's gone sour, that it's rotten. it's like that. That's kind of what Jesus is getting out here. He's saying that our religious performance, our intellectual assent are meaningless. They don't get us anywhere. And, and Paul kind of reiterates this idea in the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, in verses one through three, he says, If I speak in the tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all the mysteries and and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my, my own body to feel good about what I have done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. Paul echoes Jesus in saying that if we don't have the love of God, a love for God in our hearts, and the love of God flowing out of us, then our good works, or our right belief, mean nothing. We can look good on the outside, but God sees and knows our hearts. So, A natural question from here is, is there good news here (laughs) or do I need to be scared for the rest of my life that I'm on the wide road versus the narrow one? The answer is yes. Yes, there is absolutely good news. Here in this passage Jesus says enter through the narrow gate and in John 10 9 Jesus says I am the gate." Jesus is saying, stay on the narrow path, be on the narrow way. And in John fourteen six, he says, I am the way. The good news is that while our good works cannot save us, they don't have to. God saves and transforms us. God in Christ died that we might know God's love and the experience of that love could transform us from the inside out. And that this transformation is not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of the whole world around us. Because then we get to join God In God's work and the renewal of all things and to be God's love embodied in this world. We have to put our faith in what God has already done for us and stop trying to do it on our own because that gets us nowhere. So as I wrap up here I want to challenge you Um, When this video or this podcast, if you're listening there, ends, I want to encourage you to take a few moments and ask yourself and ask God if you've been placing your faith in your own efforts instead of in the grace offered to us when Christ died on the cross. And if your answer to that question is yes, I I want to challenge you to confess that to God and to ask for help to place your trust in God and your trust in God's grace for you. And if your answer is no, fantastic. Um, But I still wanna challenge you to ask for God's help to remain dependent upon God and not on your own works. Before we we end, I wanna pray for you and for us. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy displayed on the cross. Lord, we ask that you will keep us on the narrow way, that you will open our eyes to see those moments, those patterns in our life of depending upon our own selves, whether through intellectual assent or good works that don't flow from our hearts. God, help us to see that God, convict us in those moments and call us back to you, back to the way you have laid out for us through your son, Jesus. God, again, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We ask that you will help us to follow Christ to enter through the narrow gate, to walk the narrow road. And to be your love embodied in this world in a way that's not only transformative for the, for those in we're in close proximity with, but with the but it transformative for the whole world. God help us to be your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, May God bless you um, as you go throughout the rest of your week. Um, We love you, and we look forward to seeing you sometime very soon.